This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. All righty. Thank you so much, Bermudans, the biggest of cricks, your vital supply. Thank you so much for being part of the Power 102 Digital family. Thank you so much. All right. Make sure you unpack your cricks. You never know when you need it. And cricks goes with everything. All right, so thank you, Chris. All right, traffic this morning. Where you think you're going to get traffic, you will on the solo. You're going to get your traffic this morning from Freeport, not from Coover. All right, and going to California to the Rivulet Road intersection. You've got some traffic there as well. All right, so let's get into the results of our morning poll before we bring our guest online. All right, well, our poll this morning was um, Do you think that blacks? should be officially made a national hero and um, we didn't have much time to do this poll so we just had about 15 i don't know if you have any more people voting on the poll there Steve. um let me check here uh i just have mogin saying definitely yes that's All it. right so we had 14 people voting on the poll this morning 13 of you said yes one person said no mm. all right all right, well, let's bring our guest in this uh, morning. And let's say good morning going now to Gary Griffith. How are you doing? Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Not bad, not bad. How are you? Not too bad. Where, where's my 1 p.m. friend? He's absent today. He's off today. Emergency meeting. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to take over Port of Spain, trying to be the mayor. Yes, you, you, you in the throes of getting into the political arena has the PNM in a state of confusion mm-hmm. and mayhem, Gary. Ketchup is going down fast. <laughs> you Good what? morning, honorable senator. How are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Where did Paul Richards go? Honorable Sir Winton, that wouldn't respond to you. Mm-hmm. You didn't go down Diego Martel Monday night? No, 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 I didn't, because had, had I gone, the numbers would have been from 63 people showing up to 64. Seeing that half of them were people he had to ship, he had to bring in from as members of parliament and ministers to add it. It's amazing that you're... Calling, you're who are you calling he? Come on, protocol, the honorable prime minister. Yo, you mean, you mean the man who calls everyone by the most, by the most disgusting names, calling people imps and so forth? You call people cockroaches? And, yeah, if, if it is somebody who rapes your wife kidnaps your son yes i would there's a difference to calling a lady like a like a political leader in the in the most disgusting names leadership respect is something that is one to good not one let's rewind good morning gary griffith good morning <laughs> yeah, yeah. going going in. Going in. rabbit hole there you were going down the rabbit hole paul <laughs> Seven seventeen. good morning and welcome to our guest captain gary griffith good morning mr griffith how are you this morning fine thank you good morning how's the family great all good must be a little more relaxed now. Yes, it, yes, it is. Um, being a commissioner, working 18 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, um, my focus is on a different direction, but still towards saving the country. Yeah. All right, so mm. let, let's start with the, the spyware situation. You were commissioner of police. You were a national security minister for a short while. You were a national security advisor. What's the normal protocol for... People who are, and I'm using the correct term, deemed to be worthy of under surveillance by the state. Okay, so in, um, in a nutshell, the normal protocol is 
no one must have any comment to make on that. And, and that therein lies the problem, Paul. I cannot believe what I have seen and heard by two major political leaders, one a present and one a past prime minister, not understanding that anybody in the media who asks questions like this, there's no comment to make. Because anytime you open your mouth, you have totally affected national security. They're, they're, the opposition leader, and again, because of the zeal to want to play a, a catcher, what she has done is one of the biggest breaches of national security we can see by you explaining and revealing what the state may or may not have, and then trying to tip off people to give them advice as to how it is you cannot be intercepted. Just say what she's saying is true. What you have done is basically tipped off criminal elements to prevent them now from, from preventing the state from monitoring terrorists, monitoring major criminal elements. You don't do it. And, and the prime minister, in his desperation to be defensive, decided to jump up now to justify why it is being done, speaking about prisoners with their phones. So you have now alerted individuals. Also, this is what you usually do. It was totally irresponsible on both sides. I think these individuals, they spend more time trying to destroy and demonize each other. I think Keita and Kamala should get a room because what they're doing is totally affecting national security. They were, it was totally uncalled for. To clarify on this matter, however, um, in contrast to the misleading comments by, by the, the prime minister, in 2010, there was, in fact, interception taking place. But uh, I, you mentioned the word interception because you you said the Prime Minister was also responsible, but, but it's common knowledge that I was part of changing or amending a law, the Interception of Communication yes. Act, to allow for the state to intercept communication by, by inmates from inside the prison. There were several really hard lines drawn as to how far that could go in and around the prisons in, in the country. So it's no secret that the state any state, most states, will have the option to intercept the communication of persons deemed worthy of being surveilled. Correct. And, and, and the problem will always lie, would the state, if you are the enemy of the state, would the state abuse the process? What is and an enemy of the state? Why? Because that's a really broad term. Enemy of the state being anyone who can affect national security, not somebody who's your political opponent. So in other words, terrorists, criminal elements persons involved in massive white-collar crime that can destabilize the economy. That is what you would deem an enemy of the state. However, it can be linked that an individual who suppose you have a very senior police officer, suppose I am a commissioner of police and I am political, I could easily state intelligence has revealed that Paul Richards is involved in, in serious criminal activity. Bam, you're, you're on board. Because there's a difference with monitoring and and recording, because you'll be aware, Paul, that in, under IOCA, the IOCA gives the auth authorization for the Chief of Defense of Commissioner of Police or the Director of the SSA alone to sign a warrant that whatever you said, we can extract it and it can be used in court. Now, this is different to monitoring. So unlike what um, Dr. Rowley stated in 2010, when I became National Security Advisor, that triggers on that machine, it stays, the numbers stay. And we found out the names of the persons who were actually being intercepted or monitored, I should say. Um, the names of Winston Dukaran, Kamala Prasad Vicesa, Anil Roberts, Anand Ramlogan, Keith Rowley, Gary Griffith, and, and 44 in all. And it was being monitored. However, at that time, there was no law against it, which is why the Interception of Communication Act kicked in. He also made uh, an incorrect statement to say that Colonel uh, then Brigadier Peter Joseph was in charge of the SIA, the SSA. That is not true. He was in charge of SORT. This system, this unit was the SIA, not the SSA. And the SIA was um, under the command of an individual who was a very close friend of Patrick Manning. Um, fast forward now, a few years later, this is what Kamala Prasad Bissess is accusing Dr. Rowley of. 
Uh, I am not going to get into the details as to what we can and I, I know everything. I have full access to know what is happening, but I am not, I will not be irresponsible to state what is and what is not taking place, what we have and what we don't have. The one concern I have is when a very senior government minister continued to harass me to appoint a junior officer in a post that he should not be in because a post like that with that responsibility is usually a senior superintendent and above. In fact, then DCP Jacob, who is in charge of intelligence and investigations, um, he confirmed that and he transferred the individual much to the concern of that sleeping minister. And that is where it is I will have a concern. When it is you have political interference because that person who holds that post can very well be a person that could connect the trigger to decide who could be monitored and not. You know, as you brought that up, who could be monitored and not? Um, part of my concern, and I'm not intimately um, familiar with the interception, the interception of Communications Act, but I'm assuming that there are checks and balances in the system as to whom can be monitored and for what reason you're monitoring them. It just can't be carte blanche because if it's just carte blanche, I feel to monitor X today or I feel to monitor Y today. It can't help but become a political tool because uh, politicians are going to be in charge. Yeah, and you're spot on, Richard. And that is exactly what happens because, as I said, under IOCA, you, you can, if it is that we realize that there's enough evidence that we can go after you, that is where the warrant kicks in and the warrant now will give authorization to record and extract the, the conversation that can be used in court against you. So in other words, you lose that privilege to say that is my private con um, conversation. But monitoring is something that can easily be triggered based on intelligence. And intelligence can come from any, it could be easily any political figure who is in law enforcement based on a directive given by a politician to say, I want you to say that Richard Ravubasi is involved in in, in terrorism and that is an intelligence report which it goes in line with the same thing that Keith Rowley did to justify in a very foolish manner the scrapping of the merit list where he claimed he got information and the information was from an uh, was from an so someone with no law enforcement authority and who did not have a, any any um capability to do so and he used that it was like the email gate reloaded so this is the same thing that happens now where you if it is that you have a, a puppet who is who's a, a police officer or a member of the SSC or whatever, that person can easily just say that uh, uh, based on um, instructions from a politician, he can easily say it's based on intelligence and therein lies the problem. It is very easy. Now, uh, uh, with all of this, what I do say is this has taught, this has caused a disturbing factor within the SSA, within the police service. This is not what should be taking place with senior politicians making public statements that because this is doing nothing other than helping you, you just mentioned somebody who was suggested as a person to head a particular unit give us more what is the information because because you've kind of glibbed over it and, and i do yeah okay sure all right so, is it something that recently happened no the now there's the ssc that is the prime unit that and body involved in intelligence gathering and dealing with um interception they will have the equipment the police will also have some degree of equipment so the police will have a, a special investigative uh, intelligence unit sorry and they now will work hand in hand with the ssa and um, this was part of the things that were dis um, discussed under the commission of inquiry into the attempted coup where special branch the defense force the sia everyone had pieces of information in 1990 and there was no collaboration so that is where the ttps must have an intelligence unit that will work hand in hand with the ssa pump information into the SSA, similar to the Defense Force, Customs, whatever, and then you will have no proper intelligence, so operations can be intelligence-driven. 
So the police service will have our intelligence unit and that intelligence unit must be headed by someone with enough experience that you can see that this person is capable and has the professionalism and maturity to hold such a prestigious and sensitive unit. It cannot be a police constable. So DCP Jacob immediately had this individual transferred back to special branch because he saw this being uh, not a conflict of interest, but it was improper. A senior minister was very, he was adamant, whether you want to call it intimidate, harassed, frustrated me, that at no end, continued to insist that this person must be in charge of this unit. Who and is that, that minister? Um, um, he sleeps on the job a lot. Uh, so, but I, I am not, it, what are you laughing at, Paul? <clears throat> so, so, so. Steve well, laughing, I'm not laughing. Why I, you say I laughing? All right, Steve so, is laughing, you talking about, you calling my name for partner? I do, I do I'm Richard laughing. So, Mr. I, I'm smiling, I'm not laughing. I just smile. All right, so let's just call him Minister Rapunzel. So, Minister Rapunzel <laughs> now decides now to go out of his way to continue to harass Steve, Steve, focus here, please. Continues to frustrate a commissioner of police to appoint persons. That is political interference. And, and you see, Paul, when it comes back to the concern of the Gary Griffith um, scenario, it had nothing to do with crime being reduced or popularity assessment. It had to do with you need a commissioner of police who will be a yes man and will take directives. I, it was brought to my attention that individuals said that Gary Griffith was performing, but he was not taking instructions. I can't take instructions for something that is unethical and inappropriate. This was one of several that will continue to come out. Um, so, but this, the, I am dealing with this. It has nothing to do with the capability of what this, the national security can do as it pertains to interception. I will not go there. Our anecdotal poll, which is unscientific, let me put it on the table, but quite telling sometimes indicated that 85% of the persons who responded to the poll said that they felt that the public was being spied upon in parentheses, air quotes. Should the public be worried about this? No, I love the public not to, not to trigger on this. This happens all over the world, by the way. Um, almost every American citizen will believe that they are being spied upon. If you recall the days of the blimp poll, the blimp will be flying in the air and every single person will swear that it's spying over their home. That's what happens. It, it is that concern that the state is spying on you, the state is using equipment on you. People still up to this day say, I am being, um, my phone is being tapped because I'm hearing the echo. That doesn't work anymore. That is 1970s tapping of the phone. If your phone is being tapped, you're not going to be hearing this echo. That's when you have these old time dial tones. <clears throat> so the perception that everybody feels that they are being spied upon, <clears throat> this can cause undue panic. Um, it can cause lack of, conf lack of confidence, loss of trust in the law enforcement authorities. And that is not what I would like to see. Um, I may be very political, but I have no intention to deliberately sabotage the sitting government as it pertains to national security. As, as, failure, as failure, failure that they may be, uh, my job as a citizen, as a patriot, is to ensure that the government can succeed. But I know it's like that's beating a dead horse. It's not going to work, but I'm not going to sabotage it. And one of the ways of sabotaging is getting the public to believe that the state is deliberately trying to manipulate their resources to come after you. So as it pertains to Kamala and Keith Rowley, that cat fight, I am staying out of it. I am not going to go down that road of what the two of them are doing. And because these actions and comments by both individuals is doing nothing other than affect national security. My concern, however, is that no public official or politician must try to influence and harass commissioners of police to, to have the specific decisions made that obviously can cause persons to believe there's political interference in law enforcement. But isn't there political interference in law enforcement, according to what you just said? Well, yeah, and, and that is why it is that... You I, just that, laid out the case that it was happening, and now you're saying... Yeah, I know, but, yeah, but, but, but pertaining to interception and wiretapping and all of those things, 
I don't want the public to turn into a new panic to believe that this is being done by each on each and every person. If Kamala Prasad Bissessa has evidence and she has data and she has names, let her um, enjoy herself. Let her, um, enjoy, but I am not going to go down that road. Um, what I can state is that when I was commissioner of police, I had no evidence to verify that there was that type of action taking place. Well, again, but I was there. And because of me being commissioner of police, I would have known and seen if there was that deliberate aspect of tapping into the phones of persons in an in unethical manner. My concern, again, is that the, the fact of political interference in appointments, and you see if they, you do that, it can give the perception that, that there's a deliberate um, reason for that politician to put a, a junior constable there, because I did find out that they communicated on a regular basis, which again, put, would raise red flags. Uh, there's a scenario that someone described to me, I don't know if it's true or not, but it, 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 it kind of comes under the rubric of uh, journalism in Trinidad Tobago, and there's been the concern since Mr. Manning, late Mr. Manning was in power, that journalists were being uh, surveilled. And someone mentioned to me that uh, once, and, and in the context of what Dr. Rowley said, where criminal element, the criminal element is being surveilled, and rightly so. The state has a right to do that to protect the citizenry. Is it true or is it accurate that if someone, if you call someone, they can surveil you? And in the context of that, if a criminal calls a journalist as a whistleblower to, to talk about atrocities, perhaps in a prison, etc., that that journalist now can become the subject of surveillance? No, no. Uh, if the person is, is being, you're, you're being called, the person is calling you, it does, no, again, like for example, there was a law that I was trying to draft, <clears throat> but I was commissioner, so I couldn't draft, but I was explaining that to the AG, where persons on the outside of the prison, Which AG? Uh, Faris Alwari, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the then AG, where um, the British they did it when I met, met with them. So if you're on the outside and you're involved in communicating with those on the inside, you now um, could, could be culpable. We did not have that law, so we, it was only dealing with the prisoners. But if it is your aiding and abetting in that type of communication, you can now be, um, action can be taken on you. That we were trying to see if we could have that um, drafted. And that was all part of the of the amendment in the IOCA. But um, in this situation, if it is that 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 you are uh, somebody who is a, um, a member of the media and you are doing communicating, if based on the communication that could very well be monitored, if we see, however, and it happens even with attorneys, because we had, you know, they are, they are criminal lawyers and they are lawyer criminals. So in, in, in this case, sometimes you will have the individuals <laughs> where they will be taking messages and passing on information. So they're not operating as an attorney for the prisoner, but they will be acting as a messenger so that the prisoner will now take that information and that will be forwarded to other gang members to commit certain actions. You have now become a conduit towards aiding and abetting in a crime taking place. So that is something totally different. You are saying that there are attorneys in Trinidad and Tobago who are facilitating communication between, between persons who are incarcerated and gang members outside yes there, there, are, there are several red flagged attorneys because i said criminal lawyers and lawyer criminals two different things so persons may they deem themselves as criminal lawyers but um they, they, when they stay and they, they, this is their right to communicate with prisoners because they are defending them but if you're using that information at the, and you become a messenger to forward information to criminals on the outside in other words to put hits on individuals or so forth you have now become uh, you are now going to be um, signed under now under the 
the anti-gang legislation as a gang member because you are now assisting in aiding and abetting in criminal activity between gang members. So we have that where there is that concern that because remember when it is attorneys meet with um with prisoners, there's that degree of confidentiality in those meetings. And therein lies a problem where there's a, that is a window of opportunity. Now that, that's yeah. to me a criminal act. Is is it that because you were you are recently former commissioner of police. If that is the situation and, and the police service, including the then commissioner, knew that why and those attorneys and that evidence and information being acted upon. Yeah, sure, though definitely it was being acted upon, but there's a difference with evidence and intelligence. You may have borderline of information, so they may communicate with someone in the, in the prison, and that person now it will be verbal. But then when they communicate with others, they will say it in such a coded way, it may not be enough to trigger a charge being laid, but it is enough that we know that they were passing messages. So again, there's always a difference with information, intelligence, and evidence. You can't charge someone based on intelligence. You, you're not supposed to fire someone or, or remove them as commissioner of police based on information. Keith Rowling needs to understand and learn that. And therein lies the problem. With so, so in other words, there was no evidence that that was actionable in court um, in terms of the circumstances. Because you're right that the, the, the correspondence between an attorney and a client is privileged. Um, what, what I wanted to get back to, Gary, is that uh, the, the issue of how people has come under surveillance. And you mentioned that people can make reports and they can say um, X is involved in, in whatever, and that's it, and they can be surveilled. And I find that counterintuitive to the Constitution, constitutional provision of your right to privacy. privacy. So so what is the check and balance that happens within the state machinery? Because to me, there should be a judicial officer of some sort. There should be some sort of judicial oversight that says, okay, present your case to me, and I'm going to give you, grant Not you the, 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 the warrant to, to surveil X or to, to do surveillance on Y. It can't just be um, somebody mischievously made a phone call and all of a sudden they're under surveillance and that person has just been mischievous. A country can't or, or operate on that. A politician, Richard. No, but yeah. what I'm saying, it, it's also a waste of resources because you're not filtering and curating the list properly because you're not presenting some sort of, it has to be towards an end. Yeah. So you must be presenting some sort of co coherent um, evidential trail of some sort to convince a judicial officer, okay, we'll grant you mission and can't just be happening willy-nilly what happened yeah. to the right to privacy well, richard you're, you're spot on you're 100 correct but i mean we can even divert to, to a warrant to, to get into your home any police officer and this is where it is we have flaws in the criminal justice system and it must be it must be dealt with and it is not being dealt with if it is that i am a police officer and i do not like an individual i all i have to do is to say that i have intelligence that this individual has drugs in his home i will go to um um a judicial officer, uh, a, a justice of the peace, who might be 93 years old, wake him up two o'clock in the morning and he will sign. And no, I mean, that is what happens. Yep, that you're, is you're right. Warrant, that is how you're warrants right. go out. So any police officer who wants to victimize someone, you get a justice of the peace just has to sign it. And he says, we have evidence to believe that this person has drugs in their home. And we are, and the police can raid your home, clean it out, and therein lies the problem. Because So it goes right back now, if it works as simple as that for the average person to have a warrant obtained, by a police officer based on hearsay. The same thing happens now when it comes to interception because, I mean, granted, in fairness to law enforcement, if there's, a, if there's strong the belief of, of crim, criminal activity, terrorism, you need to intercept those persons, you need to monitor those persons. But how it is that the, that the warrant is going to be approved unless, unless 
the, the law enforcement authorities say, we have intelligence to believe that Mr. X or Ms. Y is involved in terrorism. The, the, the justice of the peace or the magistrate is not going to deny it and ask, give me strong grounds. They are not going to take that chance because of national security. And therein lies the problem that you step over the line, you can abuse it for political purposes because you can now have a, a ketchup or a mustard or whatever color um, police officer who can easily say, look, you see me? We want to monitor this, this politician to find something else on him. And we know we know that he's not involved in that, but all I have to say is intelligence has revealed that, that Stephen Kahn is involved in something. Bam, you're triggered. And then we're going to find Stephen Kahn is involved in, in gambling a lot. And then you do, you've got a political platform. We know Steve Kahn is always in this casino or whatever, and, and, he's, and he's always... Um, and then you want to know, people are not going to care that it was used for the wrong purposes. People are now going to say Steve Kahn is a is somebody who is not capable to be a politician. So it can be abused in the wrong manner. And that is where I agree with you, Richard. There must be a more stringent approach to monitor who is intercepted and who is not. Checks and balances. Yes. I want to I wanna ask about a totally different <clears throat> uh, situation because of your your immediate past experience as commissioner of police and, and you're pretty me you're quite media savvy also. And there was quite a bit of conversation about whether or not a recent video of the arrest of an escaped prisoner was was staged or not, and, and get your perspective on that. Why yeah, um, we got. I know. I know exactly what happened. The good thing about it is that there's a very strong support. I still have probably ninety plus percent of the police service, and I knew exactly what happened. Uh, I would just say unless unless there's something that the, that that persons can can bring to prove and confirm it, we will just take it uh, for what it is worth. That the, that um, well done to the police and the. Prison, the prison officers for apprehending the individual. Did it look staged to you? Uh, <laughs> You're not really answering the question, did you know, Gary? <laughs> did, it, did it look staged to you? To you, I, I, your experience? I, I will think that the focus should be that the person was captured. And let, let, let us not, let us not get <laughs> oh, into it. No, no, I, I, I am surrounding that, that Mulberry I, Bush. We, we commend the police for capturing <laughs> the person. If it was in collaboration with the, the prison, great. Do you think it was staged, Mr. Griffith? Paul, if you want to, I, I got fired as a minister of national security because I refused to lie. In this situation, I will ask if we could ask another question. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not going to say anything that I feel. Let me let me, let me change the question. Do you think it was authentic? Okay, no, 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 no. It was not. It was not authentic. But the the the, the I'm not going to say the end justifies the means. Um, but it the, the main thing is that the individual was apprehended. I think we can move on. If it is that someone made a decision to feel that let us have police TV and whatever it was done. It mean if that is what happened, it may not have been the appropriate thing, but mistakes can be made. Uh, but I, I am think not... it wasn't authentic. Well, what, pardon... what 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 was a red flag for you? There, there were many things, but I, I'm saying I'm not going to go into it. I, I don't. My, my job is not my is not to try to describe. Rest. Did you answer the question? I don't want to diminish the, the, the work of the police service because that would be irresponsible. Okay. You already answered the question. Let's talk about your political party. He, he just said it was inauthentic. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Headlines. No, I said it did not look authentic. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> uh, how how are preparations coming for your political party launch? Transformation. Well, the only thing you tell me is when we, Steve was booking the interview was transformation is involved. Yes, and the national transformation, and that is it. You know, people will continue to complain and say that you you, you must not have a, a third party, a bridge constituency, because it's going to split the votes. I don't know where people continue to believe that this that a vote belongs to any political party. 
um, a party that some people in the, in the PNM would love to see this happen because they believe, right, another 200,000 voters for one party will ensure a repeat of 2007, where the votes will be split, or 1991, and we'll, we'll, we'll get through. Then they'll have those on the other side who say, ah, if it is they join with us, um, it will be another, it will be a repeat of 1986 and 2010. Stop believing that a bridge constituency is to be used to help or destroy any of the ketchup or mustard parties. I think at this time we have seen the, the, that base has been heavily cut, eroded by the PNM and the UNC. In 2007, when you had two very powerful, charismatic leaders in Patrick Manning and Basdio Pandey, the, the, uh, that third constituency was still able to get 147,000 votes. Now, with both major political parties at its weakest, it means now that, that their base has been divided, has been cut, and they are looking for an option. One third out of that PNM base will not want to go. You are saying that the, the, the bases have been diminished, but the UNC got over 300,000 votes, and still the PNM got over 300,000 votes in an electorate that is about 1.1 million, and you're going to have about 300,000 who will never vote. So I don't know where the evidence of that the base. I, 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 I will tell you why, Paul. The reason those votes are, were put was because not because of your confidence in the party that you voted for, but because of your hate, distrust, and fear of the other party. So it was a matter of, I have to vote for the lesser of two evils. And you would have seen it in 2007, 147,000 persons voted for a third for the bridge constituency, that third constituency, because of their lack of trust and confidence in both parties. But if it is you come down now, 16 years later, you never had a third choice. You're not gonna say, well, because I have no confidence in the UNC or PNM. I am not going to vote because I, the, the hatred for the other side or the fear of them being in, in government is that you are not going to, you have to stain your finger based on the lesser of two evils. So this is not because of their confidence in those parties. The polls are there, it is clear. And let us move from 1991, it started with, um, with sorry, 1981, with 91,000 votes for the UNR, which was a cut into the PNM. Um, 10 years later, under the NAR by themselves, it moved to 127,000 votes. 16 years later, moving on to um, the 2007, under the COP, it moved to 147,000 votes. It is easy now. But isn't that just as a result of disaffection with the core of those two parties? And then when the disaffection is, is reserved by either moving a leader, they just go back to their core? Well, no, because the, the, if the numbers keep increasing, and also if there's that option, Though that 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 those persons who are not a PNM till are dead and are born a UNC and have a die UNC, it is always there. And right now, what you're seeing, you're seeing it. I mean, the, the government right now, it's a pity that Wendell is not here. It is perceived as the worst government this country has seen. But the reason why people will, would have still tilted the edge to the PNM was because they did not see the UNC as a viable alternative. It is not because of their confidence in the PNM. I mean, the PNM, not 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 blowing my trumpet, but the PNM's biggest. Um, success is, is putting Gary Griffith as their poster boy in their manifesto. So for five years, what they did is, look, we appointed Gary Griffith, Ray. So let's slip us over the edge to get 22. That can't be good enough. You have, you spent five years in government. And I mean, even going back now to the prime minister, you have a prime minister who is becoming, um, I'm sorry to say. So, so are you saying that Gary Griffith is the factor that tipped the PNM back into power? That's what he just said. That's what you just said. I, I, I just said it. Gary Griffith was the poster boy. Crime, crime was the number one concern in 2018. It moved to number four behind the economy, health, and education. Every crime was reduced by 35%. Never before did you see a, a commissioner of police get a full page blow up on a manifesto in a political um, party before an election. Devon Maranch complained about it. 
So they use me as the, their poster boy. Look, we did everything wrong. We got everything wrong, but we gave you all Gary Griffith. And they, the reason they did that is because PNM did their poll that showed 89% of the country wanted me to return as commissioner. So they said, let's use this. Let's market it. Let's milk it. When, he, when they got back in government, okay, he's not one of the, uh, he's not part of the caucus. Time to get rid of them, just like Faris, just like everybody else. And, and yeah. they're paying the political price. But, but, but I, I don't want to argue the point that you were the reason why the PNM has oh, managed no, to get the majority. Of, part of. Yeah, well, okay, part of the reason. A substantial no, part, no, I'm sure say, you think. He didn't say he's part of the reason. He said he's the reason. I did not say that. <laughs> no, no, but he's now he saying a part of. Boy. He's now saying a part of. Is it a substantial part of? 70%, well, 80%. Well, you, asked, you asked, it goes back to that 147 to 200,000. Why did well, I wanted to get to that. I wanted to get to that 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 group that that the, let's call them the independent voters that may switch back and forth between the UNC and the PNM. And then, of course, there that there's that group that will vote neither of them that just doesn't vote or only votes when they see a credible alternative. But those those voters and let's call them roughly I don't know close to two hundred thousand people um, at this point. The problem is they are spread across the country. And, and it takes you back to that saying when they said not a damn seat for them. <laughs> and even though the ONR at that point had a, 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 a serious amount of people that were backing them as a third party, they couldn't translate it into seats. <clears throat> now, of course, the PNM has articulated very clearly that they are not for proportional representation. I'm not so sure what the UNC's position is on the issue because when they had, I think, a constitutional majority, they could have switched the the system to a proportional representation system, which is where I think third parties will really be important yeah, because I, uh, they will they will they will be a force to reckon with as because the first past the post. Yeah. Opposed to the, to the system we currently have, it means because it means it's a higher bar to cross. Because not only do you have these people, these two hundred thousand people, but they have to be collective enough in certain areas to win seats. Agreed, Richard. But then this. I think he's being surveilled. No, the state is not paying. Yeah, Gary, Gary, could you start that that thought process again? You're, you're breaking up. That? Some you sort of interception is happening on Some your side. Yeah. Your I think you may be you may be spied yeah. upon. I think your state is not paying your internet bill anymore because your internet's yeah, okay. right, so, <laughs> so Richard, so quickly let me add. This is how close it is. Because in 2007, the Congress of the People acquired 147,000 votes. The UNC got 190,000. It was just about 40,000 more. And they were able to get 15 seats to zero. So the pendulum is just this. It's a shift. Uh, in fact, when the polls were conducted a month, two months before the election, we were ahead of the UNC. Jack Warner and company, they did the Orange Revolution. And what they did is they pushed the, 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 the concept of fear, the fear into many of the voters to say that if you vote for the COP, you're going to cause the PNM to win the election. And that fear or hatred is what will always cause many to always go back to their base because of the fear or hatred of the other. So my point being is that if in 2007, we were just 40,000 less than the UNC, it means that if at this time now, if it is that we have 200, 250,000, the numbers are there to make us a viable alternative. And, and again, it may, be, it may be much more. What happened in Tobago was when Keith Rowley said he, had, he was disappointed in me. Tobago was disappointed in Keith Rowley. It was the cutting of your life. And, who, and it is very possible that that same degree of concern in Tobago, it is not far-fetched in Trinidad as well. 
So, uh, tell me something. I, you know, a lot of the times when third parties have been successful in Trinidad and Tobago politics has been when they have coalesced into a larger, a bigger, under a larger umbrella. Is it that whatever party that you're involved in is willing to coalesce under with other parties like the PDP, etc.? Or are you going to be a standalone party? No, no, the thing about you know, the, we are, I have um, we've met with hundreds, hundreds, if not probably thousands of persons. So this is this is something that is dynamic. And the, the, what I have picked up is that anywhere I go, um, this is going to work. But do not join with this one. Do not have this one with you. So that is something that is automatic. If it is that we intended, that was the intention, then we would have just probably joined the PNM or UNC in the first place rather than form a new political party. So that is not the intention. However, I do believe strongly in that Lloyd Best model, um, the party party among parties where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And if it is that you have, uh, my, my concept is that the, the type of dictatorship where you have uh, one prime minister, one individual who has one who has full seat, we have other political parties that may be very small parties that we should all, I think, um, come under one umbrella, similar to a people's partnership without any of the two major parties. You have the MSJ, the COP, the PDP, uh, many political parties where there are good, hardworking people ready to make change. What we have with this party, however, is that what we intend to do and would be doing is getting the best minds available throughout the country to come back home. Those who have been reluctant to come forward politically, now is your time to do so. Getting the best minds to deal with each major concern that this country has to deal with transforming this country. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking for a national transformation alliance of, of bodies and minds. To yeah, the name the country. National Transformation Alliance, it came out. That's the name of the party. Why, the why are you putting those in my mouth? Transformation Alliance, the NTP. No, NTA. Paul, Paul. NTA. Lord, <laughs> Lord. Don't let Paul be your PR person, no? National Transformation Alliance, the NTP. You think Gary Griffith need a PR person? Ready? Gary Griffith need a PR person? Unnecessary. No, but you know, you know, but interestingly enough, you know, your candidate for me. Who is your candidate? Who would be an ideal candidate? For this national transformation alliance, what what I I have um, I've received many persons on either side of the political fence. Um, uh, I spoke to an individual who who, who has a lot of uh, I have a lot of respect for, but because uh, uh, of, of his past, he said that what is the biggest issue with a bridge constituency is ego. Um, persons who always feel that you know everybody wants to be king. I do not want to be king. All I want to do is to humbly serve this country and to try to assemble the best minds together to make this the best country. If there's a strong belief of a Garimania, I will use myself as a conduit to bring it together. And I can tell you the individuals that we are looking for, you know, sometimes people say you just need to bring young persons in politics. Not necessarily so, because you need a, a, you need to have persons with experience. You need to have persons with a proper track record. If we intend to to, um, to change the economy, you're not going to bring five persons who just have A-level passes in economics. You, you, you will need um, persons with experience. What, what we don't want too much is to have persons with with political baggage, because that is what the PNM and the UNC they are looking for. They're the first thing they'll be looking for is you see this fellow you, you bring in. But, but that's what all political parties. That's what all political parties um, look for. But I mean, of course, I'm um, using the word humble and Gary in the same sentence. It's kind of like ah oh, wow. But um, really, really, <laughs> that's an awesome <laughs> But Gary, you know, part of the part of the problem. Gary, and, why, why you going down in the camera in the frame? And in in yeah, I fell down. 
<laughs> in which you referenced, <laughs> which you referenced, and when when you said that you talked to a lot of people and they say don't put this one, don't put that one, and and uh, and how difficult is that to navigate? Because Trinidad and Tobago is a small space, and there are going to be personalities that are going to step forward who are going to be opportunistic, and may and I, I don't know, but I, I can't. Each person is going to be an individual with regard to the national interest in their heart and how much they have the natural interest at, at heart. But you're going to have certain people that are going to be opportunistic, that are going to step forward, that are not necessarily attractive to certain parts of the electorate. Some may be perceived as racist. Some may be perceived as being... Um, corrupt. Yeah. Corrupt. Things like that. So it has to be a difficult landscape to navigate in terms of how you... How, how you curate that list of who's going to represent whatever this new party is, party is. how difficult is, is that for you to do? It is very or difficult. for your team to do? It is very difficult. I said the individual who spoke to me said that I, I have the charisma to be able to massage egos to bring this together because right now there are about several splinter bodies all meeting, having their, their policy plans and programs. My job is to assemble these forces of bringing all the best minds together. Now, and I'll give it a quick example. When I was in cabinet, um, the prime minister said, let's have a retreat. And the retreat will start on Wednesday in Tobago and finish on Sunday. And everybody slammed the table in agreement. And then she said, oh, no, wait a minute. I have to be in Trinidad because whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll go Friday instead and come back Sunday. Everybody slammed the table in agreement. I said, prime minister, this is the last retreat before an election. We need as much time. She said, good point, Gary. Let's go back on Wednesday. And everybody slammed the table. That is, the, that is how the PNM and the UNC operate. The prime minister will say anything and everybody will agree, which is why half of his cabinet will speak to me and in disgust, but they cannot say anything. I cannot have a government running like that. One of the main things we intend to do is to diminish the powers of a government. That has been the problem in this country. Which, which half of the cabinet is speaking to you? The better half. <laughs> you know, you know when you say when you say diminish diminish the power of the government, parties when they get into power have a problem devolving power they 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 are all talk they're all talkative about it and the manifesto says oh we are here to serve you xyz and this is what we will do but when they actually get the reins of power and um, power is an intoxicating sort of it thing is, so it is it is animal farm richard and, and that is what happened i mean even with, with the government i was in we spoke about the right to recall two term as soon as you got in and you enjoyed the hold on the power at all cost yeah. Let me ask a controversial question. You, you enjoy that dictatorship, and that is a problem because the, the, the Constitution was drafted in 1976 to ensure dictatorship using democracy. That the, I am in government, I will handpick the Speaker of the House, President of the Senate. That makes Parliament absolutely, that has nothing to do with democracy in that Parliament because the Speaker and the President will always say what this is for towards because he wants to keep his job. The President is selected that she will now be told by, by a politician, do not hand the merit list to Parliament and you keep it right there because I put you there. She will then, um, you appoint a Commissioner of Police, a Chief of Defence Staff, all members of a state board. I mean, we would, we would intend to have a government that will ensure that, that at least 20% of the opposition would be in state boards. That, will, that could probably diminish billions in corruption. It is astronomical, the amount of corruption and and waste of, of funds that go in state boards because it is run by individuals who really and truly can't even run nothing against a gyro place. They can run a gyro stall. Can, but can because ask, they have a political ask a controversial question? We run out of time. Sure. Why did the attorney general, why was the attorney general removed? Uh, the same reason that I was removed. It has nothing to do with performance. It has to do with that there's a certain caucus in the PNM and they're saying to the prime minister, 
It is our time now. Those individuals have played their part. We are back in government. We need full control. And the prime minister, unfortunately, has lost control of his cabinet. He, is, he has to work towards what the caucus has directed him to do. And, and you've seen it. Um, he, has, he, has, he has thrown in the towel. If you listen to his political meeting, he has admitted he's actually trying to speak about this new political party joining with others and the country is going to pay the price. So they are now preparing themselves for, for defeat. It is not if, it is when. And again, as it goes back to myself, it is the same reason where the attorney general was removed. Um, he was used conveniently and he has now been sidelined. And, and that is the unfortunate thing. The PNM now have gone back into the city. It's our time now. And yeah, there was other, been, there other been, questions. There have been, uh, how do I put this? A lot of on the table talk, uh, which I have no way to confirm, that possibly his association with you was part of the reason. Have you heard that? Yes, I have. And, and it says a lot because this was the same attorney general that would have probably recommended to the prime minister that I may have been the best option. And it's because of that that every crime went down by 35%. It caused public trust and confidence to increase in the police service and even in the government because they said at least they got one thing right. So, so you get the PNM back in power and you got the attorney general removed? You well, 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 look at it, Paul. I mean, in part. In part, Paul. In part. <laughs> go, back to 20, go back to 2015, when I was removed as Minister of National Security, when Nigel Henry Paul said um, the UNC was ahead up until February 2015. On, my, on me being fired, it went down to the PNM. And when they asked why, it was because of you fire Minister of National Security for speaking the truth. In this situation now, you remove a commissioner of police because he refused to adhere to politicians trying to direct the police service. So it may not be the second. It, um, it, uh, it, it may be the second government that is being that is going to be removed from office because Gary Griffith decided to stand for what he believed in. Well, hmm. that's a dramatic point in which to end the conversation. Yeah, but before you go, Gary, let me ask you. I'm, with, a, I'm with, a dramatic guy. <laughs> you, you, you think with Watson, the, the PDB coming in to contest the local um, elections coming up this year, they'll make inroads? Definitely. I mean, uh, people are trying to believe that the PDP is a, is a Tobago party. But right now, I mean, every, if Power 102 puts up a political party, there's going to be a challenge to the PNM. People just want change. They want positive change. They want radical change, but they do not want exchange. And that is you why... Know, I, 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 oh, I've heard often. that so many times for so many election yeah, cycles. Yeah. To be very honest, Gary, I've, you know, I've been in media for over 30 years and I've heard people fed up at the same parties, they don't want exchange, they want change, they want a different voice, they fed up at the same old hacks being re recycled, and then just go right back. Well, the one difference, let me add quickly, the one difference is that the country has seen that the person you are speaking to right now, I stand firm on what is right and wrong. I don't need a job. I walked out of my job on two occasions. I challenged two prime ministers based on what is right. You're not going to tell me to lie to, to protect anyone and fire me. You're not Steve, going to Steve have... up the song. Pardon? Hey, Parker Jr. Okay, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I will. I could give the assurance to the country that Gary Griffith is different. I am not going to deceive the country. I will do what is right, and this is why I'm telling the country: believe. This time, we are going to get it right. Keith Rowley has oh, that's your tagline. Are you all going to be using the word believe? believe. Yeah, that's the word. That's the right. word. That's the word. The You're letting something slip, Gary. Believe. That's a Barack Obama. Believe. Believe. We are going to good get word. it right. Good word. Good word. Good word. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it but, comes. But, Gary, <laughs> is there an expected timeline when this party is expected to launch? And I could give the assurance to the public. Now we're going to make sure Antibago great again. We're going to make sure Antibago safe again.
Ooh, you can mm. finish taglines, boy. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to see for the bring it up. Is there, is there a timeline when this party will be launched? Mid-year? Before mid-year? Within a few weeks. Within a few weeks? Weeks! Okay. All right. Good oh. to know. Something strange in your neighborhood. <laughs> Who you going to call? Gary Griffin! <laughs> Something weird. Thank you, Gary. I, I thought you, you should have been playing this song. We're going to play the song blue instead. Oh, we, we, we oh, there's blue. No, no, no. Now we got the color. Now we, yeah, now we're going to say we're getting color. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see it. We're we're the the we the have the name, we have the color, and we have the timeline. We're getting there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an exclusive on, on Power 102 FM. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much, Gary Griffin. All the best. Take care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. So yes, we know it's thank you we know so the much. color is going to be blue, and we know one of the taglines is going to be name. We know the name too. Believe. National one of the taglines is going to be believe. Tobago safe. <laughs> <laughs> We're heading to the eight o'clock news. Thank you for choosing Power One Two Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at six a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power One Two Digital.